listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week, brought to you by deliciously refreshing Original 16. He's Craig underscore Bosch. I'm Ryan underscore Schweitzer. Because we can't get new Twitter followers out of this, what's the point? Yeah, I, I don't know if Craig Bosch has taken it. If it is, it might be too late to switch now. So yeah. I think I'm committed to the underscore for the rest of my career. Yeah, no, me too. A couple underscores just trying to make their way through this crazy media world that we call life. So Broncos This Week podcast, uh, Nathan McDonald, Director of Business Operations, is going to be joining us. It was just released on the Bronco website that there's going to be a plethora of changes this year as we get set for the 2019-20 season. And also joining us, uh, can we call him a friend of the show, Zach Smith? I think we can give the, the title for the first time, yeah. Yeah, That's we can fair. throw that out. Zach Smith is uh, going to be joining us. It's a chat that I recorded with him late last week. C- surprised at how candid he was about uh, his time in Ottawa and his trade to uh, Chicago. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I mean, I unfortunately wasn't able to be part of the interview. team was getting ready to hop on the bus and head to Regina for the first preseason game, so I had to miss that one. But, uh, I mean, like you said, he's a very uh, open-ended guy and a great speaker and uh, awesome to have him on in just our second episode. And Smitty, we, we did about 15 to 20 minutes with him, covered a wide range of subjects, uh, some memories of days gone by, his playing days here in Swift Current and his NHL playing career up till now, and uh, even, even touched a little bit on his uh, – some behind-the-scenes type stuff with his time with the Home Hardware Legionnaires. So very good chat with Zach Smith coming up as part of Broncos This Week, our podcast for today. Nathan McDonald standing by. Uh, you touched on it. Broncos in Regina this uh, this past weekend. Yeah, it was our, uh, our first ever uh, Living Sky Casino Broncos hockey broadcast. And on Friday afternoon against uh, Moose Jaw, I thought it went off without a hitch except for one small slip-up I may have had. And, and that's the thing. It did, and, and I know, like, being a guy who's been in the media game for 25 years, you nail everything. Well, you, almost everything. Almost. But one little slip, and you, you call your current team the name of the team that you used to cover, and your phone just blows up. Yeah, eh? let's, let's, let's take a listen to that right now. Second chance, Devin Aubin holds the line, just slaps it towards the slot, stolen away, Matt Ward right in front, back hitter, he scores! Matthew Ward makes it 3-0, Penticton. The young guns have come to play tonight so for Swift Current. With, with this year. So, as everyone knows, or most people know, I did two years in Penticton with the V's. Obviously, I had a great time, my coworkers were awesome, and town was awesome, fans were awesome, all the stuff. So, that was also my first full broadcast in about six months. I hadn't done a game since, oh, yeah. since the playoffs last year. Another thing, my first year in Penticton, we had a player with the last name Ward on the team as well. So all these things together, and I think the funniest part about the whole thing is I didn't even realize I had said it until, <laughs> you know, the, the delay on the broadcast, whatever, 15 seconds or so. And all of a sudden, I get Facebook messages, I get text messages, tweets, and like my mom was like, oh my God, you said Penticton. And Your mom even lit you well, up. Of course, of course. She, well, yeah, what are moms <laughs> for, right? But... I didn't even realize I had said it until all those messages came rolling in. And then uh, I think I went down to the coach's room to change after the game. And Scott Dutart, uh, one of the assistant coaches, I walked in. He just kind of looks at me and he says, so, Penticton, eh? And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. And then the funniest part, though, the, the, to finish off the story, was the team gets back on the bus for the Saturday game to go back to Regina and play the Pats. And I'm sitting in my seat, the second row there, and I see – Brandon Cote and Dutart walking the bus, and they've got Penticton V's logos taped over their Broncos <laughs> logos on their shirts as I walk in. I kind of look at them for a second, and then 
they all three of us just start laughing. So, yeah, first game, first slip up. Hopefully there's no more for the rest of the season, but uh, I'm glad I got that out of the way early. But there will be. I, I bet you there will be. I mean, and, and you're you're a much more talented play-by-play guy than I'll ever hope to be, but uh, in my work with the Swift Current 57s, for years in Swift Current, they were the Swift Current Indians, and then they changed their name to the 57s, and when I'm doing my summer job of play-by-play with them, at least seven or eight times a year, <laughs> I'll, th- I'll throw out Swift Current Indians. I mean, it, it happens, and when it does, laugh about it and everything. I, I like that move by Cote and Dutart. Oh, that was... Come on the bus with Penticton V-shirts. That's so. better, and, and that's a lot better than the time I dropped an F-bomb on the radio in North Battleford. My first no. broadcast job, I just played it off cool. Like, it was nothing ever happened. My color guy turned and looked at me, and I just nodded my head and kept going like nothing ever happened. I, ne- I never heard about it afterwards, so I got away scot-free on that one, too. Knock on wood, 25 <laughs> years in the media, and I haven't entered F-bomb territory yeah. as of yet. Hopefully it stays that way because I'm <laughs> old and expendable and got to keep my act together here. But, uh, hey, uh, Swift Current Broncos, uh, at time of recording this, uh, we recorded this on Tuesday. Uh, so by the time you're hearing this, they would have had an exciting trip to Irvine, Alberta. How goes the process with, like, setting up shop in Irvine? It's a good question. Um, again, I'd, when this is released, the game will already be done. But what I had heard ahead of time was that yeah. they take, so many tickets were sold, they had to bring in more seating, more bleachers, more whatever. So hopefully it's an awesome experience and an awesome atmosphere inside there. It's going to be a packed rink. Obviously, it's small. There's only seating on one side of the rink, and the two benches are against a flat wall, essentially. So should be an interesting uh, experience and kind of takes you back to your minor hockey days and those kind of things. But... It'll be fun, and then the following day, the day this podcast comes out, the Broncos do have a home game, the first home exhibition game of the season against the Regina Pats. Um, Just some news we got earlier um, in the week. Uh, The Salvation Army Food Bank is a little low on some items, so anybody who brings a food donation to the front door of Wednesday's game gets in for free. So you get in for free, you help with the food bank. Uh, If you're planning on coming to the game, or even if you weren't, if you've got some extra uh, non-perishable food items lying around your house, bring them down to the rink and check out some uh, exhibition action. Yep, season ticket holders will get in for free for this one, as is the case with uh, with preseason games. Uh, $5 admission to get in. But yeah, as you just mentioned, free admission with a donation to that uh, Salvation Army food bank. So, And that's, yeah, I, I didn't realize that, but the Salvation Army's kind of hurting for donations right now, and, and heading into the Christmas season, we definitely want to change that up. Well, of course, and with people, you know, I think throughout the year there's always that steady stream of donations coming in but sometimes you know i don't know if i don't know if there's a peak season or whatever it is but whenever there's an opportunity for something like an exhibition game where people can you know they're coming to the game anyway they can bring some non-perishable stuff and help out the uh the food bank it's kind of a you know two great things coming together at once and hopefully the food bank's going to be getting a lot of stuff uh, after the game on thursday you're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, joining us on uh, Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16, uh, Nathan McDonald, the Director of Business Operations for the uh, Swift Current Broncos. Nathan, a pleasure to have you for the uh, Original 16 podcast here. Yeah, it's exciting to be on. It's exciting to uh, see this thing in action and to, uh, to jump on the podcast, so I'm Thanks for having me on, boys. I guess, speaking of Original 16, obviously the team announced, um, I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, that they were switching, you know, the, the beer inside the rink is going to be Original 16 now. And, you know, you being fully on the business side of the organization, I have no idea how any of that works. So I'm wondering, I guess, like, what's the what's the process into getting a deal like that? You know, what was the, you know, the, the main reasoning behind thinking a Saskatchewan company might be the, the one that we should serve in our rink? Well, you know, we, we worked with them um, over 
over a few months and talked back and forth about what a deal would look like. And they made it clear that, you know, they wanted to uh, support Saskatchewan hockey. You know, they're uh, a Saskatchewan-based company that has similar roots that the Broncos have, and they're passionate about it. They're passionate about the province. You know, they buy ingredients for their beers from, you know, our local communities and support our communities. And, um, you know, they were they were keen on having us and they made that really clear and you know it's a partnership that we look at as you know being extremely beneficial um for the long term just based on the you know the buy local uh, initiative and the um just the fact that they're you know a saskatchewan company and we're all in the same boat so they are a Saskatchewan underdog story i mean you look at their history 16 people who were about to get bought out and just decided to make a go of it on their own. So I think that certainly resonates with Bronco fans. But we, we had a nice little orientation session with the folks from Great Western where they told us about their product and everything. And they're doing some amazing business in the province of Saskatchewan. Like, isn't it like one out of every two pints poured is a Great Western product or, or something of the like? Yeah, I think, you know, their original 16 brand, which is a quality beer brand, um, has taken off. I mean, it's got a great message. It's something that, like, you know, we said people resonate with. And um, they haven't, yeah, they've they've been grinding it out and they have an impressive track record and they're growing in, in this province fairly substantially. So, um, you know, when we looked at the kind of beer that we'd be selling, original 16 is obviously sort of leading the way. We'll now have three premium beers as opposed to one. So we have three different, um, 016 brands in the, in their venue. And that's it, kind of exciting. And, you know, I think a key part of this too, is their, uh, you know, their, um, support of us allows us to reduce our beer pricing by, you know, 25 cents for wow. for premium beer and 25 cents for our our mainstream line. So, I think it's just something. It's a way for us to give back. It's a way for them to give back to our community too. So it's uh, sort of exciting all around. And um, you know, we're definitely excited to to work with them and grow their brand in our community. And it's a, sort of a win-win for us. So I do have one gripe with them during this presentation they put on, they asked all of us to put our names in a box and they do draw prizes for things. There was only about 15 of us there. They probably drew 12 prizes and I didn't get anything. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little upset about that, but uh, the beer was great and it was nice to kind of see those guys give their story uh, to us in that presentation. Yeah. And, well, I, and I did win one of those and it was a great weekend. So yeah. <laughs> thanks to the crew from <laughs> great Western and original 16 for doing that. Looking to, forward to, uh, to enjoying their product this year. Sorry, to be fair, I uh, I won a case of beer and then you guys proceeded to drink all of it. So that's, I mean, you took one for the team and I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. So it's almost like I won something. Yeah, I guess you, you could say. Don't feel too bad about it. You know, we got to, we got some changes up in uh, the beer booths here at the uh, Innovation Credit Union Iplex, and a big off-season change happening in the uh, concession area. Ryan Scott, who's a well-known food truck guy, is uh, well officially part of the team now, eh? Yeah, it's exciting to have him. You know, he's a guy that's got quality food, and you know, he's uh, he's got lots of great ideas. Is. He's come up with a pretty um, fun menu. It's got a lot of burgers and fry options, and um, he's got quality food that he wants to, to produce for our fans. And again, you know, we have a, a focus on the overall fan experience here, and uh, with his with his food and the service that he's providing, we're actually going to be reducing some of the pricing on some of our basic items. So, um, you know, I think I had, I had mentioned in a previous release here, you can get a hot dog. Uh, fries and a pop for nine bucks so we think that you know when it comes to a family of four wanting to eat at the game we have some options that you know make it a bit more affordable and, and make that ticket worth a little bit uh, more it's a it's a better value for them to come to the game 
so we're excited to kind of do both. We have, you know, some cheaper options available, and then we have some, you know, fantastic, call them gourmet burgers or whatever you want to call them. And Ryan's got some pretty interesting ideas, and I think that they'll uh, they'll resonate pretty well. And I mean, just from trying his food, like his food's awesome. Yeah, he was providing lunch for for staff during uh, training camp there, and I'm not sure my my waistline's gonna be too happy with it by the <laughs> yeah. end of the year. But um, yeah, his home food's on fries don't help. Yes, yeah. well, and the yeah the beef on a bun, the pulled pork, and all this stuff. Yeah, it was delicious. But I gotta stay. We I gotta push him away whenever he comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, though, like you mentioned, some some more affordable options there. But uh, and, and I think we, we want to maybe have a more of an elaborate release. So maybe we're limited in what we can take the veil off of right now. But I think I saw some like burger options with like blue cheese on them. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> he's all in yeah. on this. eh? Yeah, he's got some cool ideas. Uh, you know, we probably looked at like. I don't know, 15 different burger options. We whittled it down to eight. And it's, you know, a lot of them, I don't think they're going to uh, you know, appeal to every single fan, but there's something unique out there. I think people will want to try some of his bigger burgers um, here and there. I think one of his burgers has 20 ounces of meat on it or something like that <laughs> when you include the burger patties and, and bacon and all that kind of stuff that's on there. So, uh, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a foodie guy. He's got that, you know, barbecue smoked meat thing down to a pat and, uh, I think some of his uh, his premium options, call it, are, are going to be well received and probably not eaten every single game. But you know, maybe a couple times a year, you might go for the 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 big monster burgers <laughs> that he's put together. So treat yourself every few games for sure. Yeah. Uh, lots of changes in the off season. New beer, new concession. Uh, we saw at Western Canada Summer Games the first time that that new score clock was taken for a test drive as well. Yeah, it's cool to see that thing. And you know, that was. Um, you know, a good amount of work trying to put that together. And the city was incredible. I mean, they're, you know, they're amazing partners to us in general, but, you know, to, uh, to go half seas on that, uh, new video score clock was awesome. Um, and had seen it up there and seen it lit up and the video and the, the quality of the video that's being produced through that thing is, it's impressive. I think it's really going to, again, increase the value of the tickets that, you know, people are, are buying and they'll, um, you know, they'll get a better experience if their sight lines slightly, um, you know, off. They can look up at the screen and clearly see the play that's going on. Um, it also provided us with a bunch more tools for swipes to uh, to tinker with and to have some really cool elements. We got some more camera angles now. We got the overhead overhead net cams. Yeah, uh, make the old guy on staff learn a whole bunch of new <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. We're getting her done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's cool. It's cool to see that thing fired up, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like game one. Obviously, stuff in the in the stable as well. New merchandise. I've seen boxes piled up uh, just <laughs> on the other side of, of our office here, and um, the Western Hockey. Well, I guess the Canadian Hockey League, I should say, announced the new CCM Quick Light jerseys earlier this week as well. So some new stuff to get people into the stable as well. Yeah, uh, you know, again, we sort of had a focus on coming up with, you know, better quality merchandise or more merchant, more options anyways. Um, Sherry and the Sables done a, an amazing job of sourcing some really cool products and some different designs. And um, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped to see what kind of stuff we have in the stable. I think it's going to go over well. And a lot of it comes at a pretty good value too. I think we're, we pass on some of the savings that we get as a team pretty well compared to a lot of other sports teams and sports markets. So I think that we've got good options at a reasonable price that everyone will be happy with. Yeah. And that Living Sky Casino Bronco broadcast. As soon as Moshe figures out what market he's in, then <laughs> that what, should like, what, come right along. What eh? team I'm broadcasting for. As soon yeah. as I get that down to a science, I think uh, it'll be just fine. Yeah. No, that's cool. I think that's the thing I'm the most excited about is uh, is having you on the air. And, you know, when we went through the process and saw some of the um, 
the options available, you rose to the top pretty quickly. So I think that just having that uh, expertise on staff and having you ingrained with the hockey hockey ops is going to be um, great for our fans. They're going to get great content through our broadcast. And uh, we got the CHL app coming out here soon. As soon as we get it in our hands, it'll be out to fans. Um, and that'll probably be the best way to go about listening to it. Um, but also through our website right now too, and yeah, just through preseason, it's been good, uh, except for one little blip, I guess. But, uh. <laughs> that was the longest nine weeks of my life, by the way, waiting for a call back from you. So I just wanted to oh, say yeah. thanks for hiring oh, me yeah. eventually. Yeah. But holy, well, I want to make you nervous. Yeah, right? yeah, you was I ever? And, and the pr- but the process, like just someone who is kind of in the office, going through all that and like seeing like the way he evaluated the different candidates and stuff. I just remember thinking to myself, like, I'm glad I already work here now because there's <laughs> no way this guy would ever hire me. <laughs> like it was a process. Man. No, no, no. So yeah, this yeah. guy's anyway, Bo. You got to be good. Yeah, well, I'm trying <laughs> to have survived. Yeah, I'm that. Trying hard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Just yeah. yeah, listening to the preseason games and it just it's nice to see this stuff. The podcast, the broadcast, the video screen. It's nice to see it all come together. I think fans are going to really uh, just enjoy the the experience of being brought behind the curtains a little bit more. Feel a bit more part of the team. Kind of get to know everyone a little bit better. So I think it's. Um, there'll be the odd hiccup and it'll take a bit of time for everyone to get used to it but I think it's going to be a, a huge benefit for us long run all right Zach Smith is uh, joining us on Broncos this week had a great chat with him late last week and we'll uh, chat with Smitty in just a moment Nathan thanks a lot for uh, for popping by and giving us uh, I guess you could call it a state of the union for all yeah, things no, Broncos of course. And I'm, I'm hoping you guys can sort of dub my voice to sound a little bit more like that uh, <laughs> David, David Lee. Lee you know so <laughs> I would pay anything to have that guy's voice at this moment so. me too but no me. it's fun it's great to be on the pod and yeah glad to uh, glad to get it all together You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, our first guest, uh, our first alum guest on the Broncos This Week podcast, we got Zach Smith joining us, uh, Bronco alum. Smitty, uh, you just wrapped up a practice there with the boys. It uh, it must have been nice rolling into camp this year and seeing that they actually named, like, a scrimmage team after you this year, eh? (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh... My dad asked me the other day, he's like, are you coaching the Bronco camp? I'm like, no, I don't think so. He's like, well, there's a Smith team. and um, So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I came up in, in Swift Current through the system, and, you know, I see a lot of cool names on there, like uh, Williams and um, Sackick and names like that. So, it's uh, yeah, it's an honor to, to have my name on there. Well, pretty cool to be included in that group for sure. Uh, summer's just wrapping up here. You're getting set to head to uh, your camp. W- what was summer like for you this year? Did, did you do the Swift Current summer with the Long Days Night Music Festival and uh, out at the lake? Yeah, we got out to uh, one night of the, the Long Days Night. Um, and for the most part, we've been out the out the lake, out at Beaver Flat, um, just kind of relaxing there. We got a, Summers are a little different now. We have a, a one-year-old daughter, and she keeps us busy, and... Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's been a great summer out there. Some some nice weather, and got to visit with a lot of friends and family. Not getting as so much sleep as you used to then, eh? No, sleep, <laughs> sleeping in isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> that tends to uh, to disappear over time. Uh, so you're back here. You're skating with some of the guys. Uh, competitive out there with uh, with some of the boys here. Yeah, it's uh, I've always enjoy coming back to the camp because it's um, you know I think it's one of the best skates you can get because these kids are coming in, they're trying to make the team, and it's a you know, intensity's high, so it's, um, you know, it helps me push myself too, and got to stay ahead of these young guys because, um, you know, they're trying to come up, eventually take my job. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun being out there with the kids and, um, you know, getting to meet uh, some of the young players too. What was it like for you? We'll, we'll rewind, and uh, we were just talking before we went on 
recording with the podcast. You know, your original arrival back in Swift Current when you were part of the Legionnaires team, your initial build experience over at Rod and Melinda Bomb's place, you know, what, what kind of memories are there when, when that's brought up? Oh, it's, uh, you know, probably the funnest, funnest time in your life playing in junior. And um, I had a great time playing in Swift Current. Met a lot of... A lot of great people that I'm, you know, still close with today, and like you mentioned, the the bombs, and spent a lot of years over there, and um, you know, I guess while we're on here, shout out to the billets and um, for all the work they do. Without them, I guess they couldn't couldn't have a team here, and um, you know, those as a young kid coming into the league, your first time away from home, it's um, it's pretty important to you know to have that that family surrounding when you at your billets place and I was lucky enough to have um you know some very fantastic billets when I was here the new Kirks as well and um you know just uh, a lot of fond memories and you know probably uh you know made me who I am today you know I want to talk uh, about some of the roommates that you would have had at uh, at Bomb's place back in the day because I know that they had baseball guys during baseball season like now 57's coach Joe Carnahan when he played here he was there Kelly Haraska another baseball legend and I guess there was a time when baseball season was just ending and hockey season was beginning when they had a full house in that basement eh? Mm-hmm. and and I know one of your roommates was Andrew Bailey uh, Cheezer you know what, what was it like with him to talk about that because I know there's some fun stories there yeah it was it was a fun time with that the overlap there with with the ball guys and um they were they were a few years older, uh, older than us at the time, so we we learned a lot of good things <laughs> and maybe not so so good things from them. But um, it was a fun time, and you know, having my roommate Andrew Bailey there was um, it was fun there too. And being the being the new guy to the basement with you know the son Shane and Andrew and the two ball guys, and um, you know, I was I was at the bottom of the pecking order in that one for <laughs> for the first year, but. Um, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fun time and, um, you know, it was good to, good to be able to, to hang around with those ball guys too, before they, they took off. And, um, you know, we, as the young guys, we looked up to them too. And, um, like I said, I learned, learned quite a bit from those guys in, in the bomb shelter. You know, uh, when you, uh, when you graduated from the Legionnaire program, it, it was a grind for you to make that Swift Current Bronco team. Uh, I remember back in the day, off season, you were in the training zone every day, just giving her, uh, what was it like for you coming in as a 17 year old who, I don't think you were expected to make the team and you, you literally had to battle your way on there. Yeah. I, you know, I think it was, wouldn't be a stretch to say I was a late bloomer and, um, you know, I think I, I hit my girl spurt a little late and I was pretty gangly and awkward there for a few years. But, um, you know, it's I, I wouldn't change it for anything because I think it kind of helped me establish a, a good work ethic because, you know, I had to work work pretty hard to make the team as a 17-year-old. And, you know, my 17-year-old year, I was still in and out of the lineup quite a bit. And, um, you know, I was just played with some good players too that with, you know, kind of like-minded mindsets with like Dale Weiss so um you know we kind of fed off each other and um you know eventually had to just keep improving had a better 18 year old and um 19 year old year I think I kind of um took a big leap and that's when I started getting a little more attention from scouts and um you know I was fortunate enough to get drafted as a 19 year old and you know go from there yeah, drafted as a 19-year-old, and, and you touched on Dale Weiss as well. I know that you, you guys were two peas in a pod when you played in Swift Current. The two of you were pretty inseparable. Is the, has that been a friendship that's carried on into your, your pro careers? Yeah, absolutely. We you know keep in touch quite a bit and um, kind of very mirrored careers, I guess. And 
in a way and similar type of players and you know Cody Eakins another guy it wasn't just that you know the three of us played professionally we were you know good friends growing up and what I mentioned before we kind of fed off each other and you know a very competitive atmosphere I guess and um, you know it kind of we were able to push each other and um, I think it's you know it's it's luck that we ended up together and you know we're able to to push each other and um, you know make each other the players we are today and um, you know still friendships we saw saw daily the other uh, well about a month ago he came down for the golf tournament and you know we keep in touch with with Eeks and I see him whenever we're on the road and try and meet up. So they're, uh, they're definitely good friends that we, we try and keep in touch with quite a bit. Talking with Zach Smith on the uh, Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Uh, when it comes to favorite memories as a Swift Current Bronco, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that playoff series with the Regina Pats in, in your 19-year-old year. Uh, you guys were definitely the underdog going into it. And uh, it, as someone who was on the broadcast team, it, it was highly emotional for me. I can't imagine what that series was like on the ice for you guys. Yeah, that was um, that was a big step for a lot of us, I think. And, um, you know, being able to, to upset Regina, who was, who was our rival for a lot of years. And um, I think they were first in the division at the time. And, um, you know, we almost, I don't want to say rolled over them, but I think we won in, we won in six. And um, I remember how exciting it was because, you know, the years previous to that, we hadn't won a playoff series. Um, so to be able to win two was was pretty awesome. And um, I think that as well like was one of the big reasons I got drafted is um, there's an Ottawa scout, uh, that playoff series, who was, you know, who was watching. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny looking back on different points of your career and, um, you know, seeing if it turned out a different way, if you'd still be here. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fun to look back on those, those memories. And, um, that was definitely a, a highlight for me is in my junior career. Was it intense on the ice with them? Because it, it felt like, you know, there was just a, a dislike between the two teams in that series. Yeah, it was, it was very intense. I think they had, they had some, some bigger guys, um, you know, some tough goons, I guess you call it that maybe, you don't see as much in the game, but, um, so it was intimidating going into their, their barn. Um, but you know, we didn't, we didn't back down and, uh, we had a good squad. We had a great group of guys. We had a lot of fun that year. And, um, I think it showed on the ice the way we played and, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was a fun time for sure. Did, uh, were you aware that there was someone on the Swift Current Bronco game staff going into game six back in Swift Current that went and taped a bag of golf balls to their dressing room door? Did you ever, did you ever hear that story? <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Well, remember Earl Monkman? Late, great yeah, Earl Monkman yeah. volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Sure. apparently he, he was loving you guys, and he seriously disliked the Pats. <laughs> so, yeah, bag of golf balls on the dressing room door. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would think that that might be bulletin board type material for them. Yeah. But you guys still managed to take it anyway. Yeah. Um, playing in Denmark, I know you did that for, for a little while. What was that experience like? Um, yeah, it was, just, it was fun. I mean, it was, um, that was my first time um, overseas, and um, I remember the first time I was – I was on a plane was to go to a camp in um, Vancouver. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm going over to Denmark to play hockey, which was a, a new experience. But it was fun. The, the, you know, we got to see a lot. They have a different schedule, so you have a lot more time to, you know, some downtime, I guess, and a lot less games. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun time. We were only there about a month. Um, me and, well, it was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife now. But we were 
you know, a month, but it was a, it was a fun time and climate was a lot like Canada where we were. It was pretty cold and desolate at times, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was fun just to kind of play the European style of hockey. And, um, you know, I was at that time I was, got to hang on to the puck a little bit more cause I was playing a pretty minor role in with the Ottawa senators at the time on the fourth line. So it was good to get some confidence back with the puck. So you're 31 years old. And over the summer, and, and I didn't realize this until I read it somewhere, but traded for the first time in your career, now a member of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I, I know your time in Ottawa, you were someone who did a lot of community stuff, and uh, it, it must have been tough to say goodbye to a lot of people there, right? Eh? Yeah, it was it was strange. Like you said, I'd, I'd never never been traded in junior, never been traded uh, in my pro career. So at 31, it was, you know, it was a bit of, uh, a, bit of a change. There's a lot to take in, but it was... You know, to be fair, it's kind of expected. I, I actually expected to start the season in Ottawa and get traded throughout there because they've kind of made it known that <laughs> they wanted me on the move. But, um, you know, it was, it was tough. We, Me and my wife, we met a lot of great people, a lot of good friends in Ottawa. We were very comfortable there. Um, you know, great training staff and great players. But that's the, the nature of the game is, is when things aren't going well, which they weren't for the last couple of years in Ottawa, the changes are going to be made. And... Um, you know, I'm ecstatic, I guess would, mm-hmm. would be the best way to say to, to go to Chicago. I remember and my agent called me this summer at like 10 in the morning and he's, he's like, you've been traded. There wasn't even, we didn't know anything about it at all. No rumors or anything. He's like, oh, so I was a bit surprised. And so I asked him where was I, I was going. He's like, you're going to Chicago. I was, was kind of like, are you serious? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, it is. It's, it's, I think it's a good fit for you. And, um, you know, talking to them, they're excited to have me there. And they're looking for a more defensive-minded team, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's why they've, um, you know, made a few changes in, in that direction this year. Yeah, and, I mean, that's got to be cool. Going to an original six team, the the passionate hockey fans that are there, I think they'll embrace your style of play. Uh, all of the pundits are saying, oh, yeah, Zach Smith, he's going to go there. He's going to help out the penalty kill and, you know, be a key face-off guy. Is that, is that kind of the role you see yourself playing with that organization? Yeah, it's, you know, it's the role that I've been playing for the most part in Ottawa. And, um, you know, over the last few years, I've been trying to kind of perfect that role because that's, that's what got me there. That's what's going to keep me in the league. Um, and I take a lot of pride in the defensive part of the game and penalty kills and, and face-offs. Um, you know, so if I can help out in that area, that's that'd be great. I don't, I don't expect to be centering the top line with Patrick Kane and, and Jonathan Taves, but, um, you know, I'm just Work I'm your very way excited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Give me like two weeks with Kane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, I'm excited to play that role, and they've made a very – very clear that's that's why they brought me in and you know I don't have any disillusions about you know why I'm there I'm I'm just excited to you know to be there and be on original 16. Yeah if you get the chance to hang out with Vince Vaughn tell him I said hey too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll say I'll say Ryan says what's up. Yeah for sure hey, Zach hey I really appreciate you taking the time here I know it's a busy time for you getting in shape and getting set for the big move but uh thanks for uh, for giving us a few minutes of your time here greatly appreciate it. No problem Ryan thanks for having me on. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of Broncos This Week, brought to you by deliciously refreshing Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos 2-0 and in the WHL preseason, a couple of wins in the uh, Regina tournament. Uh, you were there, you saw it firsthand, and uh, Craig, the, the name on everybody's lips after that one is Josh Davies. The 0-4... Third round pick, 
just blowing up in that game against uh, Moose Jaw and then with a key goal against Regina as well. Yeah, I think he was kind of separating himself during training camp. Um, unfortunately, of course, can't play full-time this year being an 0-4 born player, but you just watched him play during the scrimmages. You could tell that he was you know, a step ahead of a lot of guys just with the, the heavy shot that he's got, uh, the speed that he's got, you know, the physicality. He's obviously not the biggest guy in the world. He's only 15 years old, but it seemed like nobody could knock him off the puck whenever he had it. So uh, he kind of you know, stood out in a major way during training camp and then you know got into game action for the first time on Friday afternoon against uh, Moose Jaw and gets a breakaway a minute into the game and scores and then six minutes later deflects a, a shot in from the blue line of the power play and then a shorthanded breakaway to finish off the hat trick on uh, Friday afternoon so uh, a pretty, pretty much a, a dream debut for Davies on the Friday and then like you said on the Saturday kind of kick-started that third period comeback by uh, jumping on a loose puck in front of the net early in the third period so uh, a crazy weekend for Josh Davies and the Broncos as a, an entire team uh, last weekend and now with the team having two more games this week um, by the time this comes out Wednesday's game will already be done but uh, Thursday home game and uh, we'll see if these guys can uh, kind of keep that rolling yeah at the time this podcast is going to be released we're going to pump it out on Thursday morning which means as people are listening to this it's game day Broncos taking on the Regina Pats 705 start free admission for season ticket holders and people who bring non-perishable food items season ticket holders of course more than welcome to bring non-perishable food items as well but the local Salvation Army, a little low on resources, so uh, we're doing what we can to help stock their shelves there. Get, getting back to Josh Davies for a sec, uh, real fascinating to look at how we ended up getting him. And I'm going to go way back to this one. I think it was the, the 2013 WHL Bantam draft. The, the Swift Current Broncos had a seventh round pick, Owen Seidel. Seidel came to training camp, had a, had a good camp, but uh, Mark Lamb at the time dealt him to Seattle for Caden Elder one-for-one one deal. Now, we know how Caden Elder turned out, ended up being a key part of that 2018 WHL championship team, but then Elder flipped to Calgary, and with that third-round pick, the Broncos end up getting Josh Davies. So, Caden Elder deal paying off, but you go back even to the Mark Lamiers, uh, a nice move to, to flip a, a seventh-rounder in Owen Seidel for, you know, two key pieces to the Broncos' past and potentially future. Well, it's so funny to go back through these trade trees. You know, everyone talks about the, the Wayne Gretzky trade tree with the Kings and the Oilers, but, you know, and from a, a Swift Current Broncos perspective, all these trades that they made over the years, I mean, the, the Bryson Martin deals, which which, uh, you know, turned into first-round picks, which was Jackson Alexander, who was then traded to the Edmonton Oil Kings for Matthew Culling, Chase Lacombe, and uh, a draft pick last year, which was Ty Hurley. Wow. So that's how the trade tree continues there. And then with other trades like the the uh, Jake DeBrusque trade, uh, the Broncos get another first-round pick in that deal. Joel Sexsmith, who eventually is dealt to Vancouver for another first-round pick, who turns into Tyson Jugnoff. And they also got a third-round pick in that deal with Red Deer for DeBrusque, who turned into Connor Horning and Lane Peterson, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's it's interesting to see how far back these trade tree go and, and how far they'll continue on. I mean, with Connor wow. Horning and Tyson Jugnoff and all these things, you see how far it'll go down. And, you know, uh, these some of these trade trees might outlive us here in, in the Western Hockey League. Well, the Joel Hofer one, I think, actually might. But <laughs> but even looking at the Cody Eakin deal, I think that was 2010. And Ethan O'Rourke is actually a descendant of that deal. And I think the third round pick that we got in the Sovin Kara deal, along with O'Rourke in 2020. So... 
the if the Broncos make a good pick and hit on that third rounder this year in the WHL Bantam draft, then holy cow, like that Cody Eakin deal could carry on for another <laughs> five years too. So just just fascinating stuff. Anyway, back on target here. Uh, Broncos in action tonight against Regina 705. You're someone who's seen this team uh, twice, three times as the as to when this goes to goes live. What should fans look for tonight? Who are some players that uh, that fans should watch for? Well, it's been exciting so far. Obviously, I mean an, an eight five game uh, last Friday is just about as exciting as you can get. Um, I think it was 5-3 after the first period, so it kind of calmed down after that wild opening 20 minutes. But, you know, the guy we talked about, Josh Davies, obviously is, is I think, going to be a key piece of this this uh, Broncos future. Uh, Matt Ward had a great opening weekend, scored in his first game, scored the shootout winner uh, Saturday against Regina. Uh, again, another big piece of the future of the Broncos. Uh, but some of the guys who are, you know, returning guys, uh, you know, Ethan Renya had a, had a good game on Saturday, scored another uh, goal to cut it down to a one-goal game. Um, you know, some of these guys, I thought uh, Jordan Fraley looked great in that. He gave up an early goal. I think it was only the first or second shot that he had faced uh, after he came in halfway through the second, but locked it down after that. Uh, he finished with 19 saves on 20 shots, uh, stopped the penalty shot in overtime, stopped all three shootout attempts uh, on Saturday. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who's, who's going to be here this season with Isaac Poulter as the goaltending tandem. So I thought he looked great. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the future of this team. I know it's, it's a long process after a championship as every team who wins championships and you know goals all in like that has to deal with but uh, there are a lot of reasons to be excited for the future of this team and it's kind of the fans first chance to see it in action uh, tonight it is a long rebuild and there, there's going to be some some challenging years ahead but I think after what we've seen initially from the 04s, I think we're on the right path. Well, exactly. And then, you know, with with Davies getting a hat trick in his first game and, and Wardo having a goal and, and the shootout winner his first two games, like, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons to be excited. Uh, I mean, of course, there's other players in that drive class, too, with with Tyson Jugnoth and, uh, you know, Ty Hurley and, and, and Sam Cord, who had a great uh, training camp as well. So a lot of big, uh, you know, a great draft by the, the Broncos brass. They, you know, everyone was was openly saying how, how happy they were how pleased they were with the players they were able to get uh, in this past year's draft. So uh, the Broncos obviously going to be looking to, to pick up more you know pieces for the future and and try and make sure that in a couple of years you know whether it's two years three years whatever it is they're able to you know build around these players and get right back to where they were in 2018. So like I said it's it's a lot of the fans here in Swift Current their first chance to sort of see some of these key pieces for the first time up close in game action uh, tonight when Regina is in the building and I think whenever Regina comes here fans always get a little more excited anyway so uh, a great chance to kind of see that rivalry for the first time this year and uh, see some key players uh, for the Broncos future as well yeah you know uh, and, and a guy we, we've talked a lot about the future but I want to touch on the present right now because Ben King is another guy who's uh, on the radar of NHL Central scouting and big things expected from Ben this year after an injury shortened season last year yeah and, and just watching him I mean obviously it was my first chance to see him play um, well actually that's not true when I was uh, in Penticton he played affiliate games with the Vernon Vipers in a home and home series so I actually saw him play as a 15 year old in the BCHL but uh, watching him in, in training camp here and uh, you know in, in game action Saturday he didn't play Friday played Saturday you kind of just see how he kind of controls the game he's so methodical with his movements he's he's you know he makes sure he knows what he wants to do he doesn't panic when he's got the puck on a stick you see a lot of younger guys kind of get freaked out and kind of get rid of the puck as fast as they can but you know King's one of those guys who seems to want to hold on to the puck as long as he can because he knows he's got so much skill with it and he's able to you know you know set those those thread paths 
passes across the offensive zone to an open guy or he's got a heck of a shot he hit the post in a shootout attempt on Saturday as well so a guy who who had a great rookie season on a team that you know struggled to score last year so I think big things are expected of of Ben from the coaching staff I know he expects big things of himself he obviously wants to get drafted this season and I don't think uh, he's going to have any issues with that I think he will get drafted and he's going to have a great year so a guy who will hopefully add himself to a long list of very successful Broncos alumni and Ben King and looking forward to see what he can do this year yeah you touched on it just the quick release and that hard shot that he has really something to watch for with uh, 14 out there for the Broncos all right that'll do it for another edition of Broncos this week brought to you by original 16 we got a big show coming up next Thursday as well we hope to get Brandon Cote in here to uh, to talk about not only his team this year but but Cote with a very very storied playing career as well. Yeah, he's yeah. I, I, this actually threw me off when I looked it up. He's I think he's tied for ninth all time in Western League games played with the Spokane Chiefs. Played his whole career down there. Had a couple years in the American League with uh, Norfolk and then went overseas to Britain. Came back over for a season. Went back over to Italy and then Germany. Like he must have just have some some absolute stories from his time playing overseas. And uh, not in addition to hopefully having Cote on, we also have a first edition of Down the Pipeline for Crescent point was able to talk to uh, Matt Ward earlier during training camp and kind of just grab a couple minutes from him what he hopes to be in the future you know like the, the the position he sees himself in here with the Broncos a couple years down the line and a couple of you know quick tidbits about uh, how what, what makes Matt Ward tick so we'll get our first down the pipeline for Crescent Point next week as well but uh, like I said or like we said hoping to get some uh, some stories out of Brandon Cote yeah and uh, we are brought to you by Original 16 so maybe we'll feed him a couple of those and see if we can't pry some good stuff out of them that does it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. He's Craig Boschman. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.